a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and as we've been talking through the day today, uh, there was uh, a lot of talk going into the new administration about bipartisanship, people working together. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of that. We've seen a lot of executive orders uh, thus far, and then when, of course, we saw the uh, $1.9 trillion uh, package of uh, relief and goodies uh, passed without a single Republican vote uh, on this wonderful thing we call reconciliation. Uh, and Democrats now are saying this may be the new strategy uh, to push things through that way. Uh, and there's some challenges and obstacles to that, but they seem to be working heavily on that. There's another group of senators uh, who are claiming that they are make the Senate great again uh, to make sure they uh, preserve the filibuster and uh things that will cause bipartisanship to, to happen a little bit more. Uh, and I thought on a Monday, we just ought to start breaking all of this stuff down. We've got uh, big bills coming uh, down the pike on uh, transportation and infrastructure uh, that the Democrats are threatening that they will just do that uh, without any Republican support, as well as some uh, pricing uh, on pharmaceuticals and so on. Uh, so uh, we wanted to bring in the expert, the sage of the Senate, uh, James Walner from R Street Consulting. James, how are you on a Monday? Well, sage of the Senate, I like the re- the sound <laughs> of that. I'm going to have to put it on my business card. Hey, we're going to get you a T-shirt and a hat. It's going to be awesome. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, James, you're always the one that helps us uh, kind of divide the rage from the reason here and get to what is the actual process in the Senate. Uh, and so I'm going to ask you to start with just a uh, a quick primer on what is this thing called reconciliation, and can it be the ongoing strategy uh, for the Democrats to get things done? Well, the short answer is that reconciliation is a way to get around the filibuster, and no, it can't be an ongoing strategy. And the reason for that is that it's only for budget-related items, and you can only pass, uh, for all intents and purposes, one big reconciliation bill per budget resolution. And if you do a budget resolution every year, every year you can only do one budget resolution every year. So we're basically talking about reducing the Senate to passing one piece of legislation a year, which, hey, I mean, if you look at past uh, developments, that might be an improvement. That, that might be but, an upgrade, yeah. <laughs> right, but it's not exactly uh, the way to a to restore the Senate to what the Constitution envisioned it to be. 
Yeah. And so let's talk about how do we do that? Uh, uh, the the mantra sounds good. Make the Senate great again. I think uh, we'd all vote for that. Uh, but what is that really shaping up to be? Obviously, Joe Manchin's involved there. There's a group of moderate uh, Republican senators that would uh, obviously be really important to the Democrats in terms of getting some agenda items done. Uh, but is that a possibility? And give me your assessment on the state of the filibuster. Uh, is it on life support uh, or is it going to make a comeback? Well, I just want to you know break things down for your listeners here. It's not as complicated as people make it out to be. The problem with the Senate, the reason why the Senate is dysfunctional is that senators aren't being senators on the Senate floor. They're not doing things like offering amendments. And instead, they're cutting deals behind closed doors, and then they're bringing them to the floor, and they're refusing to allow people to offer amendments and do that sort of thing. Well, what do we have here with the Make the Senate Great Again? We have a group meeting behind closed doors talking about different compromises. And then when they come out, my guess is that any legislation that they ultimately agree to, they would resist the ability of other senators to offer amendments if those amendments would have the effect of unraveling their compromises. And there's only one way to fix the Senate, and that's for senators to be senators on the Senate floor. And that's not what we're seeing here. Uh, I, I think that's so important for all of us to, to think through. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of... Uh... Senators spending a lot of time on uh, on different national media shows and uh, doing a lot of fundraising, uh, a lot of chest thumping, a lot of fist pounding. Um, but the the real issue is, uh, as you described it, the the deals are being cut behind closed doors. Uh, and I remind our listeners: anytime you hear those words "behind closed doors," it sh- it should send a shiver up your spine uh, because it will cost you and your grandchildren a lot of money. Uh, and it will not be uh, representative of the way the Senate's supposed to work or the way the people's work's supposed to get done. Uh, and so, James, how how do we get uh, to that? So uh, you talk about this idea of actually having debate on the Senate floor and then having every senator be a senator uh, and have the ability to offer amendments to pieces of legislation. Is that a leadership issue of both parties? Uh, who Who has to make that happen? Well, leadership could certainly facilitate it, and that's what leadership historically has done during great periods of the Senate's history. People like Mike Mansfield, who saw his job as majority leader to facilitate the participation of senators in the process on the Senate floor. That's his whole point. He wasn't some factory foreman in charge of the Senate. And the way for this to happen is for senators to just do it. But instead, we have senators meeting around tables behind closed doors trying to figure out how to do what they already can do. They don't need the leader's permission to go down to the floor and offer amendments. They don't need the leader's permission to use the rights they have under the rules. They choose not to, and they choose instead to defer to the leaders. So the leaders can help, but ultimately it falls on the rank and file. Mm. Uh, so we, Okay, so, this, so I'm going to go out on a limb and, say, and interpret that to say that if our senators will – do their job, we can restore the Senate. We don't, need, we don't need a committee. We don't need a gang of eight or 12 or 20. Uh, they can actually do this by just doing what they were elected to do. Right. Look, where I'm, where, when I grew up, where I'm from, I was taught that gangs weren't good. 
And then all of a sudden, in the United States Senate, gangs are the savior. And but the but this is important. The Senate is a crucible of conflict. It's where yeah. people and Americans, this fabulous nation of ours, where their rights and claims are adjudicated in a way that they can see. And every gang that I've ever observed in my time observing the Senate or working in the Senate is designed to make sure that there is no conflict over issues, that we work all this stuff out, and that, that the, and the people who don't like it, they can just go pound sand. They don't. It's it's not up to them anymore, and they don't have a say. But that's not the way that the Senate was meant to work. Uh, that's that's so important. It's so important for all of us to keep that in mind. That the Senate is supposed to be the place where we are supposed to have great debate. Uh, and and difference of opinions. And let's get amendments and, and opportunity for that in front of the American people. Uh, and I think we actually get to, to better legislation that way. Uh, James, just in our, our closing minute or two here, uh, as you look forward, as you look at things like infrastructure and transportation bills, uh, pharmaceutical bills, uh, what do you anticipate? What are you what should we be watching for uh, in the upcoming weeks? Well, this is the great irony, I think, of the Senate and where it is today. By shutting everything down and trying to negotiate deals behind closed doors, you end up making it harder. I would imagine that an infrastructure bill has probably got 75, 80 plus votes. There's nothing that both Republicans and Democrats like more, for the most part, than spending money on roads and bridges. That's something that they've always liked to do. But because they won't allow for an open and full-fledged debate on the Senate floor, you don't get to see that. So they'll try to negotiate this stuff. I suspect they'll be uh, successful on some. But in the end, the only way to fix the Senate, the only way to do big things in this country that the Senate once did is for you, uh, for the American people to demand that their senators represent them on the Senate floor. Uh, amen. Uh, one of our texters just said, big thanks to James. He's right on. Three exclamation points on that text for you, James. So now you got a T-shirt and a text. It's a it's a good day for the Waldner household. Well, happy to help and always happy to join you. All right. Uh, great stuff. Always appreciate uh, James Walner. Uh, he is the sage of the Senate and uh, helps us break that down. And I uh, love the fact that he's pointing that we just need to make sure as citizens, this is now this is a we the people issue. Uh, we need to hold our senators accountable for doing their job, demanding that they debate, that they offer amendments, that they take votes in front of the American people. we got to end the behind-closed-door stuff. James, thanks, uh, as always. Great insight. We'll have you back real soon. Thanks for having me. All right, we're going to step aside uh, for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the idea that does it take a community, and who is the community? Find out next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.